0: one question keeps arising what happened
1: a catastrophic implosion that's how the coast guard is describing the titan disaster The unthinkable became all too real this past week. The Coast Guard reporting the submersible that disappeared during a dive to the Titanic on Sunday experienced a catastrophic implosion, killing all five people on board.
0: Whenever tragedy strikes, it always gets people thinking. In fact, death is one of life's greatest teachers. The intrigue around the destruction of this submersible is at its worst when people mock the death of billionaires because they, quote, hoard wealth from others. Look, it's not the fault of successful people that you're a loser. Let's get this straight. Simply because they worked harder than others and built up personal wealth for themselves doesn't give you the right to resent them. In fact, your resentment is why you're not in their shoes in the first place. You spend your time doing that rather than productive things. You lack the moral fortitude and work ethic to get to where they are. Pushing ingrates like that to the side discussion about how someone would take the risk of getting into this submersible when it's controlled by PlayStation parts is actually in bounds. What would motivate people to pay $250,000 per person for such a risky venture? It isn't as some have suggested that the spirit of adventure motivated these people. They're not discovering the interior of Africa or risking their life to win others to Christ in communist countries. These people were doing nothing but skydiving, and that kind of risk-taking is not about discovery for the benefit of mankind. It's all about the discovery of self. That's what I mean by skydiving, as they were doing something just for their own personal pleasure. What new revelations were going to come about as a result of a trip to see the Titanic? Of course, we know the answer to that. It was about personal feelings of gratification. And in that way, this submersible is a perfect analogy for the pursuit of modern man. Rather than to plumb the depths of human ingenuity or reach into the stars to discover the unknown, these people were merely seeking to feed their appetite for distractions and to feel good while doing it. I'm not mad about it. Go skydiving if you want, but let's be clear about what human achievement actually looks like. It means making life better for others. It means helping people see truth is not subjective and demands our attention. It means showing others that there is a God and you're not him, by the way. At least one conclusion that you can pull from the story is this. Our society places feelings above truth on a regular basis. We are living in the age of emotivism where pleasure supersedes truth and there are repercussions for that. Whether it's hopping aboard a submersible controlled by PlayStation controllers or hopping aboard a craft smuggling migrants, There are repercussions, and we need to look at that. So today, we'll look at these two stories and give you the real reason why one story got more coverage than the other. We'll look at the new movie that has been banned from theaters because it dared to show the negative side effect of trans surgeries. And finally, we'll take a brief look at the jubilant displays of indecent exposure that have been taking place in America in the view of innocent children in order to celebrate the innocent and innocuous deadly sin of pride. We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe and to check out today's show sponsor. Our friends over at Anchor can help you with all your business solutions. If you've ever been hiring for a very important job and the best candidates seem to always come along with a little bit of baggage, let's say you look at their resume and you look and see that they graduated from college and that their degree seems to be in something that is somewhat relevant to the job position, but then a clip of their college career looks something like this go,
1: let's go you didn't let me get my moment so i wanna say my name is khadi jata dilo and i'm graduating today oh like yes. to you snatched the mic out of my hand so today is going to be all about me oh drop the mic
0: you'll come away from that moment knowing that just a resume isn't enough you need some pros in your corner to help you with staffing and anchor can not only help you with staffing but they can help you with bookkeeping, they can help you with accounting, and they can help you with business solutions to help strategize your business to go to the next level. But to see everything that Anchor can do for you, you need to get their name right, so you need to type in A-N-C-U-R dot B-I-Z to your little phone or your computer, wherever you may find yourself. Type in A-N-C-U-R dot B-I-Z to see all the services that Anchor can help you with today. And when you do so, let them know that Indie Thinker sent you. By now, you are all aware, because of the powers of social media most likely, about... The outrage that has been stoked online because of the disparate coverage between this submersible that went down to visit the wreckage of the Titanic and the sinking Mm -hmm. of this ship that contained around 750 migrants that sunk off the coast of Greece. Now, the outrage has been that many people have focused on the substory while totally neglecting 750 migrants who have been affected by the capsizing of this ship, of which the death toll continues to rise, and um, I won't give it to you now because it probably won't be entirely accurate because they're still going on trying to find these people. Now, again, I suggest to you that the outrage online has been over the fact that people are not focusing on this Greek migrant ship and they're focusing on this sub because people are only concerned with billionaires in this nation, or of course, in the legacy mainstream media, the suggestion is that the only reason people have been focusing on the sub and not this ship that had migrants on it is simply because, of course, the vast majority of people are xenophobic and racist. Well, that's the only reason, huh? Now, of course, both are tragedies. It is incredibly sad that the vast majority of people were women and children that died on this ship that capsized outside of Greece, carrying mostly Libyan refugees that were on their way to Italy to illegally sneak into the country. It is sad that both of these things happened, but the argument that the reason this happened is simply because of racism and xenophobia seems nothing more than the usual media attempt to try to blame everything on racism either because these talentless hacks don't actually appreciate doing their job for a living or because racism is the easiest thing to accuse someone of and the probably most effective whatever the case whenever the race card is played you can be incredibly skeptical as to whether or not that is actually what took place case in point the reason this sub got more attention than this migrant ship is for a couple of reasons. Now, the first one you may not like, but it is one of the primary reasons. One of the primary reasons is that news, even in a 24-hour news cycle that is removed from us, especially in the distance this one was off the coast of Greece with these migrants coming from the ship first coming from Egypt, then going to Libya, and then sinking somewhere off the coast of Greece. Um, the reason that it hasn't really come over here is that it is so far away. And whether we like it or not, that distance tends to make those kind of stories Less real to people in, in, in the public, especially in America. Now, that's one of the reasons why. Is that a good reason? Probably not, because we should be focusing on these stories of human interest wherever they find themselves locationally. But it is the, one of the main reasons why this story didn't blow up as much as it did in, in America. Now, however, there's, there's also more than just that. The reason this sub captured the attention of many Americans is that the bulk of coverage that was happening about this sub was to castigate the people that were on this sub as a bunch of money-hoarding, um, capitalistic pigs. Because the resentful Marxists out there Uh, like to complain about income inequality simply because it's easier to complain than it is to actually go out and take advantage of this capitalist system. So it could be argued that the Marxists are the ones who were causing the uproar and not necessarily the mainstream media. So not necessarily racism and xenophobia at the end of the day, but actually just a bunch of Marxists that are resentful and like to look for opportunities to whine and moan about whatever they can. But furthermore, there's another reason that the coverage between these two things were disparate. Human traffickers are preying upon the desperation of these people, and they are preying upon the weak policies of the left in countries all over the world. And these weak policies make room for human traffickers. And why are the people creating these weak policies willing to make that sacrifice? Here's why. Because they believe people from other countries are a great electoral block for them. They believe that people who come to this country and are granted some semblance of a better life can easily become their pawns in whatever political game they are playing. Therefore, it is in their best interest to play this political game and help these people subvert the existing laws that are in the country and subvert them by by sneaking into the country illegally. Essentially, all I'm saying is this, is that if Democrats can be the saviors for these people, then they will win votes from a brand new electorate that they can then cash in on. But here's the problem. In the meantime, their soft immigration policies are costing lives. And they are willing to pay the price for however many lives need to be lost if it means political power for them. And that is flat evil. Because I care about others and I care about lives, if you really want to talk about the disparate coverage between the submersible and, uh, and this ship, then let's have a conversation about immigration. And the vast majority of people don't want to have that conversation. They would rather focus on the sub. Now, I think perhaps probably the biggest reason why there is more coverage about this sub and then there is about this ship that capsized, is because these two stories are incredibly different. Now, I love the people who have come out and consistently do so these days and say, this is just a distraction. This sub story was just a distraction to take away from Hunter Biden and all the illegal things that he's been doing and our president who needs to be impeached. Um, Whenever I hear the word distraction more and more, I think it's a word used by people who are not capable of thinking two thoughts at the same time without Unnecessarily equating them and making them the same. The reason why there is disparate coverage because of this sub and disparate coverage because of this other capsized boat is simply because they're very different stories. Yes, there are two boats in the water, but that's about where the similarities end. See, I'm going to make a comment here and I hope. Um, I hope you're willing to put your thinking cap on here and not just use your emotions to process this. Because the reality is, is that the level of culpability on that migrant ship is way higher than those that went on that submersible. And therefore, the sub is more tragic than this ship that capsized with 750 people in it. Now, if you don't think so, it's merely because you're looking at the number of people who perished in this boat accident. And indeed, that is troubling. and Indeed, it's awful. And it's heart-sickening whenever, especially women and children become victims of human traffickers and die in this tragic way. Of course, that is awful. But I'm also going to tell you something. The people that got aboard that ship knew that they were taking a risk the moment they got aboard it. There was not meant to be that many people on that ship. Look at this picture of how overloaded the ship was with people. Yes, I get it. These people were desperate. Yes, I get it. They were looking for a new life. But is this really the best way to go about that? They understood that they were doing something that was imminently more dangerous than what these people on the submersible were doing. And therefore, it's tragic. Now, we got all these reports after the fact that the submersible was created with over-the-counter parts in different places, camping world or whatnot, and that there was PlayStation controllers that controlled this vessel and, and all sorts of things like that. But that is not things that the people who were taking this ride on the submersible actually knew about at the time. They were given the veneer, whether you think they should have seen through it or not, they were given the veneer of safety and security because this company proposed itself to be legitimate. Everybody that got aboard that, that migrant vessel knew that they were doing something illegal and knew that they were doing something that would put their, their own mortality in their hands. So here's the real point at the end of the day. Real mercy is punishing human traffickers. Real mercy is strong immigration laws that de-incentivize illegal immigration. And real mercy is being able to understand why these two incidents are incredibly tragic, but, but why one may be more tragic than the other. Real mercy is punishing these human traffickers to the ultimate degree. And real mercy is strong immigration laws that de-incentivize this kind of illegal immigration that will keep people from jumping on boats that cause them to take their future in their hands in such a reckless manner. I get it, we need to have a better option for people, and perhaps that option doesn't exist. But it certainly isn't jumping on a boat that is destined for destruction. Whereas the submersible story is a totally different kind of story and more tragic because it wasn't necessarily destined for destruction. These people were tricked and they were deceived and they didn't have any concept of how risky what they were doing actually is because of the people who were lying to them. Whereas these people who wanted to sneak into this other country knew that they were taking a risk, and they knew that they were doing something that was was infinitely more dangerous than this submersible. So that's why these stories got the different kind of coverage that they actually did. Now, more importantly... Rather than fussing about what story gets more coverage than the other, we might want to pay attention to the stories that will never be allowed to see the light of day, as we'll see in our next story. As we look at the movie No Way Back, a detransitioner's journey from gender-affirming care, quote-unquote gender-affirming care, into actually coming to the realization that these surgeries are Imminently harmful for them and especially for young children who do not know what they are getting into. But of course, that didn't stop places like AMC from banning the movie and making sure that no one would ever see it. Quote, AMC Theater has abruptly canceled screenings of a documentary film showcasing the experience of D-transitioners following a campaign by a transgender group to have the film pulled. No Way Back, the reality of gender-affirming care shares the stories of five young D-transitioners and insight from a dozen medical experts on the harm being posed by healthcare providers pushing transitions. Producers of the film claim AMC shelves screenings scheduled to begin June 21st after intense pressure from a group called The Queer Trans Project, which did not have access to view the full documentary. Since you won't ever see it at AMC, at least we can show you this. Here is the trailer for this film about detransitioners. One night I remember having a dream that I was a boy. I felt so happy after waking up from that dream. It just felt like I was excited to be alive. And then I got up and went and looked in the mirror and just that happiness was like crushed. Based on the information that I had, that medical transition is by far the best treatment and that you are at risk for suicide if you don't follow that path. I thought I only really had one path that I could take.
1: I became alarmed back in 2019 after I realized I was seeing more kids with gender dysphoria and every single one I referred to the gender clinic was being transitioned.
0: So it's often said that puberty blockers are uh, reversible, but the majority of children who are started on puberty blockers, over 95%, go on to take cross-sex hormones. Puberty blockers cannot be considered a standalone intervention. If it
1: worked, I'd be very open to it. It's like putting diesel in the petrol tank. There was a study looking at the Swedish population of those who had transitioned that found that those who had transitioned had suicide rates 19 times higher than population-matched controls.
0: puberty blockers followed by cross-sex hormones. The fact they're being offered outside of clinical trials, despite the fact there's so much unknown about long-term risk, is
1: a scandal in and of itself. It's up to us on the left to walk this back. I want liberals to make room for gender diversity. And that includes masculine girls and feminine boys without telling them that they need to leave their sex category because they are different.
0: Like I said, I have to now live with what I've done. These doctors and therapists put me through this. They had no reason to except for the fact that I said it. Now, it's so sad these people had to go through what they have been through. It's even more sad that now they're being shut down when they try to talk about it. And there is a group of people that should be talking about this stuff, but are often very, very hesitant to do so. And they say things like this, oh, Christian conservatives are all talk and no action. And we don't need to just talk about this stuff. You know, we need to be given stuff to do about it. And what are we going to do about it? And why all the talking about it? Well, for my Christian conservative audience out there, and for anybody who actually has a conscience I just want to be really clear with you about something that I think is important for us to rethink on this issue. Talking is an action. So I actually don't understand what you mean when you say all talk and no action. Sure, there are other actions that you can take that may be more substantive than talking, but let's be real about something. Talking is an action, and it's a very important one. If talk wasn't such a big deal, then why are so many in our culture so afraid of it? Why does the left have to shut down films like this film about detransitioners in order to push for their agenda? The reason why is that talk is a very potent and powerful tool. Now, again, there may be other options that, are, that bring about greater change, but let's not underestimate talking about these things and how important that may be. I hear it so very often from people in my own camp. Well, we don't know what to do about these things, and, and what is all the information going to do at the end of the day? let me give you a quick story about this and why I think we need to rethink the importance of talking about these things and discussing them as much as we possibly can, even if at times we don't know exactly what to do as a result. Just this past weekend, I went to a Walk for Life. Now, the year before, right around the time Roe v. Wade was overturned, we did this same Walk for Life with a local pregnancy resource center. And it was wall-to-wall people. The park was filled with people. The parking lot was covered with cars from the entrance all the way to the where the event actually took place. My wife and my kids, we actually had to park far, far away from the event and actually walk to it to get to where everything was going on. But this year, In the aftermath of Roe v. Wade being overturned and that victory taking place, it was probably about one-fourth of the crowd side as it was in the past. Now, what do I credit that difference for? Or what do I credit that difference with? I think it's simply because we were talking about abortion a year ago in a much more substantive and much more ubiquitous fashion than we are right now in the present. We've Earned that victory, we've put it up on the tack board, and now we're ready to move on. And as a result of it, people are less motivated and less interested in being active. See, talking about the thing actually made a huge difference because it put it in people's mind and it made them think about it talking is so important because it makes you think through your position. It makes you think through what you are actually supposed to do about the thing that you're talking about. Talking about something precedes action. So if you are not willing to talk about it and talk about it a lot, you are probably not going to think through what is an appropriate action. See, talk is not cheap. I guess it can be and maybe needs to be accompanied with other things, but talk in and of itself isn't valued in society today because we don't really value thinking. Furthermore, there's still a fight on our hands. Even though Roe v. Wade was overturned, there are six states in America with absolutely zero exceptions to abortion. And the vast majority can still terminate all the way up to 24 weeks. And moreover, 93% of abortions happen within the first 13 weeks of discovering that you're pregnant. Just because I believe that it's important that we let the reality of this stuff sink in, let me show you what a baby looks like at 24 weeks. And I'm putting it up for you on the screen now. And for those of you who are listening, not watching, let me just ease your mind. A baby at 24 weeks doesn't look like a quote-unquote fetus. It looks like a baby. It's got arms, legs, eyes, ears, nose. Why is it that we are so easily moved from our positions so quickly? Yes, we've scored the victory of overturning Roe v. Wade, but trust me, the Democrats have not stopped talking about abortion and lying to the American public about it. As we celebrate the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, we are talking less about these important issues, and the left is talking about them more. Here's our esteemed former president, Barack Obama, talking about abortion. Here's what he had to say about it on Twitter. It's been a year since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Since then, 14 states have banned most abortions, leaving millions of women and girls with nowhere to turn for the care they need. And yet, there are reasons to hope. Oh, good. Goody-goody, we can hope that babies can be murdered. After Roe v. Wade was overturned, voters in Michigan, California, and Vermont helped enshrine abortion rights in their state constitutions. And governors in states like Nevada, Hawaii, and Pennsylvania have signed executive orders to protect abortion access. Now, let me read that again for you, but let me now remove the euphemisms and give you the plain, honest truth. After Roe v. Wade was overturned, voters in Michigan and Vermont helped enshrine murder rights in their state constitutions. And governors in states like Nevada, Hawaii, and Pennsylvania have signed executive orders to protect murder access. So hear me good, guys. I know there's a lot of talk on this show, but it's important that we do it. Because the less we talk, the less we think about these things. And the less we think about them, the less we have to grapple with the reality of what they mean. And this is just what the left is hoping They're hoping that a life in the womb, because you can't see it with your physical eyes, these materialist anti-God murderers are hoping that you just shut it out of your mind and quit talking about it and move on. The more you have to think about these things because you hear it all around you, the better. The more we talk about it, the more we have to consider these things. So don't let the cries of silence fool you. The left and Democrats will continue to keep talking and you should too. If they really valued silence, they'd shut up. But they don't value silence. They just value your silence. Don't give it to them. All right, let's jump into our final segment, Bible Study with Democrats.
1: Oh, God of Pronouns.
0: Speaking of the progressive movement in America, I want to show you how much progress we are making in major cities all around the United States. The LGBTQIA+, four-leaf, clover, rabbit's, foot, unicorn group. Uh, The pagan sex religion of our day is making great strides to, let's just say, class up major cities in America by public displays of nudity for all the world to see, especially young children. Now, I could have sworn that the argument back in the day was, we just want to do things in the privacy of our own bedroom. We want to be able to sit at the bedside of our dying loved one. We want to be able to marry just like you. We want to be on insurance with our spouses. That's all we want. Well, of course, back then we were like, let, you know, you're not going to redefine marriage, are you? Okay, let them do it. And of course, they redefined marriage. And then we're like, well, you're not gonna you're not gonna parade around major cities shoving your junk, like your naked bare bottom in your privates in the face of kids, are you? <laughs> of course not. And of course, that's what they're doing. Now, I have to warn you, I want to show you these clips because I need the reality of what's taking place to set in. I'm going to do my best to block some of this out, but I myself am not the best editor on the planet, and I might miss something. But I do need you to see this stuff. So even if you don't want to see it, it's important for you to at least go over to Spotify and listen to the rest of the show. But here are some very disturbing clips of the different pride parades that have been going around our major cities in America, and the indecent, disgusting exposure of mostly fat, disgusting people shoving their junk in the face of small children. So here we have in New York the Dyke March, which can't help but be just a smorgasbord of healthy bodies. And as you can see on the screen, there's a bunch of naked people dancing around in a, fount- in a fountain. And then here, of course, you've probably seen this in the past in LA, where the BDSM group in Ho- West Hollywood, I believe it was, decided to smack bare bottoms and whip people in public. And then, of course, here in Seattle, we have a disgusting group of men that would never be able to get sex from an actual woman, so they turn to other men. And here they have themselves riding disgustingly on bikes, which I hope are not rented by the city because nobody would want to sit on those seats after these totally fully naked men ride through the city on these bikes. Um, I have a joke about bike seats and gay men anyway, but I'll forego because it's probably a little bit classless on my part but then here we have in this final clip we have london breed in the city of san francisco lighting up the city street as though it was gay christmas for all the world to see and of course we have drunken gay men cussing over microphones as they introduce london breed for this festivious event check it out
1: lately but for those of you who live here those of you who walk the streets of san francisco you can tell another story. You can talk about the story of San Francisco based on your own experience, based on love, based on acceptance, based on bringing people together. Because in San Francisco, we don't white laws to oppose our LGBT community. We cement laws in stone to allow people to love who they love, marry who they want to marry, end trans homelessness, and do all the great things that we are known for. So I'm really proud of this city and what we represent, and today is just another example of why San Francisco is so incredible and will continue to be a beacon of hope. See the gorgeous, the embodiment of pride herself, our <laughs> fantastic mayor, London Breed I don't know about classy, Manny.
0: Now, for those of you who listened and didn't watch, essentially, I just want to tell you what you saw was uh, what you would have seen is a pride flag that looks to be made with lights uh, stretched out over major, a large portion of uh, downtown. Uh, San Francisco, what what is purported to be the largest pride flag in the world. I mean, you got to have goals, I suppose. Now, Mark Twain said, the coldest winter I ever had was the summer I spent in San Francisco. Well, he should have spent a summer there during Pride Month, and Mark Twain himself might have been converted to conservatism and started thinking, well, maybe things are going a little bit too far. That is why I bring all of this up. The slippery slope that we're seeing right before our very eyes, I hope, does not miss us. While the progressives want to continue to, quote-unquote, make progress, they are willing to do so even if it means totally walking backwards in time and destroying all of the real progress that we've actually made as a society. The slippery slope here, of course, that I'm referring to is, among other things, the idea that... When we redefine marriage, we are actually just making more room for people. Of course, back in the 90s when we were being pressured to redefine marriage, we, we had a sinking suspicion that this was actually the case, that, that we would find ourselves in the present position that we're actually in, that by destroying the definition of marriage, that you were actually after something much deeper, much more serious, and much more dangerous, that actually we might get to the place where this kind of disgusting public displays of nudity for young children might actually become permissible if we start redefining what sexuality actually looks like and is. After all, if you don't follow a biblical definition of what marriage is and what human sexuality is, then I don't understand why we really have a reason to put any stumbling blocks or any stopping points in 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 the definition of words. Why can't a child marry an adult, which may be what they're after all along, why can't a human being, marry a horse, and live in holy matrimony together with that with that animal? Why can't you have multiple wives? Why can't you marry your cousin? Why can't you do anything as long as you say love is love? Then there is no real definition to these words at the end of the day. When we were fighting back in the 90s for the definition of marriage, we were making the argument not only that marriage as an institution is sacred and holy and cannot be redefined, but that if you redefine this, you will be redefining so much more. You'll be redefining the greatest of virtues. You'll be redefining love. And of course, now it's turned into gratuitous displays of public nudity rather than willing the good of the other, rather than a sacrificial virtue that wants what's best for people. Now what you want is when you say you love somebody, apparently in these major cities, is to just shake your naked sack in front of people. And it's disgusting. These hobgoblins, these moral degenerates need to be put in check. And it won't happen until we actually get serious about speaking about and promoting real authentic moral values. Now, let me show you a clip from way back in the day That honestly is a little bit funny, but it will also help you understand the slippery slope that we are on and will continue to slide down until society gets even further down the toilet drain than it actually already is. So here's a clip from what seems to be back in the 1950s about homosexuality and about children making sure to be careful about it. Check it out.
1: The following day when Jimmy finished playing ball, well, the man was there waiting. They stopped at a drive-in and a stranger treated him to a Coke. During their conversation he told several off-color jokes, but Jimmy had heard others before and, well, it made him feel big to so easily win the confidence of an older person. Saturday they went fishing together. By now they were using first names. Ralph said it was more friendly. Jimmy hadn't enjoyed himself so much in a long time. Then during lunch Ralph showed him some pornographic pictures. Jimmy knew he shouldn't be interested but well he was curious. What Jimmy didn't know was that Ralph was sick, a sickness that was not visible like smallpox, but no less dangerous and contagious, a sickness of the mind. You see, Ralph was a homosexual.
0: Now, I know that clip seems like it was from so long ago that it seems ridiculous, but let's really put this into perspective. Let's just say that it was made in the late 50s. So what we're talking about, essentially, is about 60 years, and we have gone from saying, hey, there may be people who have a predilection towards children that you need to be careful of to the point where we don't want to define anything in a logical fashion to the point where we say love is love and we are willing to just throw all of our kind of like cognitive usefulness out the window because now we don't even want to admit that these kind of people do exist and that we might want to protect children from them. I guess maybe more broadly, the real point at the end of the day is this, is that there is only one side of the aisle that truly cares about the sanctity of life. And obviously, the only concern falls on one side of the aisle because we have an understanding of what humans actually are. We're not just human beings with emotions and not just human beings with with the ability to experience pleasure. We are moral agents that should desire the good and should desire what is right. And if you claim to be a Christian and claim to care about people, then you need to get involved in the fight, even if it just starts with talking. Start somewhere. Go further. Go serve somewhere. Serve at a pregnancy resource center or a faith-based organization. Go do something on mission, but friends— Something has to stop the slippery slope of progressivism from continuing to win. It's about time we start to get serious about winning. And when we do, lives will be saved. If nothing else, those things called your eyeballs won't be burned out by this kind of disgusting display taking place in major cities around America. So if you at least care about your corneas, do something about that. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And go with God.